The following episode features discussions that may not be appropriate for young listeners. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hi guys, and welcome to Those Bald Chicks, your favorite alopecia podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kristen, and I'm here with Paige and Amanda. On this episode, Amanda is going to be talking about her story with alopecia. She's going to be bearing it all, and as we like to say, she'll be going over the good, the bad, and the bald. Take it away, Amanda. Sounds like a bad spaghetti western. Let's (laughs) let's hear it. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So it's interesting because I have said this before on the podcast, but I've only had alopecia for five years. So I think we've mentioned, and (laughs) (laughs) I think we've mentioned in previous episodes or, you know, I'm not even really sure where it kind of feels wrong for me in a way to give advice on how people should feel because I have no, you know, I have no idea how it feels to have alopecia when you were 13 and in high school. And because I was graduated out of college. So I feel like it was a totally different experience for me, but at the same time, it was also still very traumatic because oh, yes. I was in my early twenties, you know, like prime time, like, Oh, this is a problem. <laughs> and there goes my hair. <laughs> my hair. <laughs> so my story actually goes back six years instead of five. So about six years ago, actually in February, I don't know specifically when I was at my primary care physician appointment, annual exam, whatever you want to call it. And you know how typically they like touch your neck. And I didn't realize until that day that they were checking your thyroid. <laughs> So my doctor is kind of like feeling the neck and she's like, maybe I ever tell you one side of your thyroid is bigger than the other. It's like, no. And she says, it's probably nothing, but you know, we'll, we'll get a sonogram just to get it checked out. Okay. That's fine. She was very casual, very precautionary, no problem. And then about a week later, I got a sonogram done. It's basically the same thing they do for pregnant ladies, except she put it on my neck. So (laughs) same process. Sonogram or ultrasound? Sonogram. Are these uh, the same thing? I mean, I think they're technically the same thing. Oh, Okay. I don't Is know this one sure. of those Canadian US things? <laughs> I don't know. So, but it, whatever. <laughs> that that's what they did. Okay. So after that, they said, you know, we'll give you a call in a couple of days and we'll let you know what we saw. It's like, okay, great. I think it was a Friday. They called me two and a half hours later and was like, you need to get a biopsy done. And I'm at Ooh. work in my restaurant job going, uh, what? <laughs> And the only reason I answered it because I knew it was the doctor's office. I'm like, that's not good. So I stepped, went back into the kitchen and answered and I'm hysterical at work. Like I'm in tears. I don't know what's going on. So then uh, I think the following Monday or Tuesday, I got in for a biopsy. You know, I went into an OR. I mean, I was awake for the whole thing, but went into an OR. They did a biopsy on my neck. They took pieces basically of, because they found a uh, tumor on my thyroid and they didn't know how big it was. They could tell how big it was. They didn't know what type it was. And because it was so large and showed up so quickly, they were very concerned. So Mm -hmm. I think they said it was three centimeters, which doesn't sound big, but for your thyroid, that's really big. Mm -hmm. Because your thyroid's only about the size of like a butterfly. So it's not (laughs) real big. So that was a lot, especially for a year. They got the biopsy done and they told me that the type of cells that it was, they could not tell if it was malignant or not. So basically they said, we're just going to have to take that part out. About a week later, this all unfolded within three and a half weeks. Wow. 
So from the time that that it was discovered to the time I got it removed, it was out. I went into surgery at 23, 24 years old, not knowing if I had cancer or not. So I was hysterical of course. and I tried to keep face for, you know, all of my friends and, and my, and my mom and dad, but I remember being wheeled into the OR just bawling. Oh. And I don't think anybody noticed it because I was just so scared because I didn't know what was happening. And it was still kind of like, well, you know, let's do this and see. It was a lot of, let's see what it looks like. Let's see what we find. And then I remember, I think it was the Oh, the anesthesiologist, maybe, or one of the nurses, I'm not sure when they were giving me the, they didn't put it like a thing on my face. They injected the anesthesia. So I didn't actually have gas. And I remember her noticing me crying and she was standing kind of like above me. So, you know, kind of like looking down over at me and, and she's like, Oh honey, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And she's like wiping my tears from my face. And then I remember falling asleep. And then I woke up and I'm not sure, have either of you guys had surgery before that you've had to be put out? Okay. Mm -hmm. So typically, I don't know if you had a similar experience or not, but typically with, with anesthesia, you wake up and you're kind of in and out for a couple of hours oh, yeah. or however long it is. I sat up and I went, cause my throat was dry <laughs> and the nurse seat, I, I just sat up like right up. I was wide awake. It was, there was no opening. Like it was just, yep, uh, I'm up. <laughs> and I kind of like looked around and the nurse comes in and she goes, how you feeling? And I kind of went, just nodded. Cause I couldn't really say anything. Cause your thyroid, for those of you that don't know, sit on your, vo- sits on your vocal cords. So right. if they make one wrong move, it's bad news bears. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I lost my voice for a few months. Really. Do they go in through your throat or they do? do they... So I have this, okay. um, I have a scar on my, the base of my neck. It's very faint now, but that's where they went in and, okay. um, and they took it out. So when I woke up and, and she's, uh, she says, well, let me go grab your mom and grab my mom. And then my best friend came in with her too. I remember, um, (laughs) I remember this interaction because, so my best friend is black and this is important for the story. (laughs) So when she came back with my mom, they're hysterical. And I kind of gave them the, like, what, what's so funny look, because I couldn't talk. And Taylor, my friend said, well, the nurse came and got us and said that you were awake. And I stood up with your mom and the nurse said, oh no, family only. And without missing a beat, my mother, your mom said, she's adopted. Is that okay with you? And the nurse went, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, and freaked no. out. And I'm trying so hard. You don't realize how much you use your neck muscles to laugh until you're hurt. But I'm like trying so hard not to laugh. And I will never, ever forget this because I, she went in to help my mom, like help me get up and help me get dressed and, you know, get me out. And <laughs> still to this day, it makes me like... <laughs> For those of you that can't see, Kristen's wiping away tears. <laughs> but that was kind of mm. it. And they called me a couple weeks later and said, you know, it's not cancerous. Good news. So you can keep the other half. So I have my right half of my thyroid still. Oh, okay. From then on, they, you know, monitor my blood work. I still get my blood work done twice a year to make sure my levels are okay. And then about a year later is when my alopecia started. So oh. almost like same month and everything. So I started losing my hair. I noticed about a dollar coin sized spot on my head. Yeah. And I thought it was there, but I wasn't sure at the time I was living with my now ex and I got out of the shower and I was like, Hey, can you check my hair for me real quick? And he did. And his eyes got huge. I was like, you have a bald spot. I was like, what? He's like, there's no hair. You have a bald spot. It is not like thinning. It is a bald spot. Yeah. Wow. Oh, weird. Okay. So then I got in with a dermatologist and Shortly after I had discovered the ball spot while I was waiting to get it with my dermatologist, some of my eyelashes and part of my eyebrow fell out yeah. as well. And typically that is a telling sign of alopecia. Like that's usually one of the first things that shows up if it's not a small bald spot on your head. 
So I get in the door, dermatologist looks me over, goes, yeah, it's definitely alopecia. It's like, okay, what do we do? So she decided that the best place to start was steroid injections. So I did, and it's literally, she takes a needle, injects, uh, I'm not sure specifically what it is. I just know they're steroid injections into your scalp and it is the world's smallest needle and they don't just stick in in one place. They stick in probably like 15 or 20 times in that teeny little area. So it is very painful, especially because your your head is so sensitive. So for a while, it, it took a while for the, you know, for the results to show up. And she told me it would, you know, I came in once a month or, you know, whatever it was to get them done, but my hair was falling out faster than it was coming in. Yeah. So after a while, she's like, we can't do this anymore because you have more ball than you do hair. So she said, we, we just can't, we can't do it. So let's move on to the next thing. Okay. So then we moved on to a topical steroid cream, which was just, you know, trying to put that on and, you know, with combination of that and like Rogaine, like, you know, once a day mm-hmm. for one thing and once a day for the other, again, nothing was working. So then we moved into oral steroids and then that wasn't working. So then was that the deadly prednisone? Yes, it was. The deadly mm. prednisone. For those of you that um, aren't aware, prednisone is horrible unless you horrible. need to take it. Unless there's a specific reason you need to take it, it is horrible, horrible, horrible for you. So we, I was on prednisone for probably only like two or three weeks because nothing was happening and I was just getting an upset stomach and it just wasn't worth it. So then she said, well, let's try one more thing. And that was an immunosuppressant. So I took methotrexate which is an immunosuppressant that cancer patients take when they're going through chemo. I don't know for sure, but I think that's one of the things that makes chemo patients sick. So like if you've ever heard chemo patients throwing up and getting ill, I think that's one thing that does it. I know there's more than just that, but so I took that for approximately a week before that's those side effects started showing up. So at the time I was working, I had just gotten a new job and I was taking that methotrexate and I had to take it. I don't even remember, honestly, it might've been twice a day, once a day, but I know I had to take it in the morning with breakfast and like clockwork 45 minutes after I would take the methotrexate, I'd be having to run to the bathroom to throw up. So I thought it was something that I was eating. So I tried eating something differently every single time. Didn't matter. The methotrexate actually made me so sick that I had to go to the hospital because I was dehydrated. Wow. So obviously not worth it. No, not <laughs> worth it. No. So, and, and you know, we kind of just tried that as a last resort. And then that for me, I was like, I'm done. I'm done trying to treat it. I am done trying to fix it. There's nothing that I can do. So, you know, we tried small things like, you know, I used up the Rogaine that I had and things like that, but nothing had worked. And I was still trying to come to terms with the bald. And it was really hard, especially, you know, being so young and trying to figure out and get a grip of what was happening. It was really hard, especially, you know, going through all of that. And when nothing was working, it was kind of just like, a, oh, well, I'm like, how was everybody so nonchalant about this? This is not okay. No, so, exactly. And for a long time, as I was going through this treatment, all of these treatments unfolded within a span of eight months. So for eight months, I was miserable. I was, I don't think, except for my parents, my now ex's parents, and maybe one other person, nobody knew. Nobody knew that this was happening to me. Nobody knew that I was bald or balding because just because we didn't, I was too afraid to say anything and I didn't want to say anything. 
but that was kind of like my breaking point because nothing was working. And, and everything that I was seeing online, I was like, but people have had success with this. Why isn't it working for me? I don't understand. And it was kind of like, I was at the end of my rope. So I just decided to stop because I was in so much pain and it's medical bills were stacking up. I'm like, this is not worth it. So. Oh, that's right. You don't get free healthcare. Yes. Mine was all free. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It sucks here. What about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I One think thing Canadians have right. Yes. To be honest, yes, to fair. be honest, I think from all of the treatments and the hospital visit in that span of eight months, I probably racked up six or seven thousand dollars in medical bills. Yeah, which Holy. doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot of money. That I mean, is the a e- lot of the, money. An ER visit was a good chunk of it. That's but... one of my wigs. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thankfully, insane. thankfully though, you know, with my with my insurance, it covered some of it. Oh, good. But I still was paying probably like 4,000, four or 5,000 out of pocket. Right. So wow. it didn't cover that much. So it was still very expensive to deal, kind of deal with this. And you know, thankfully, like I was saying before in a previous episode, I am so blessed that my parents did help me with some of it, but some of it I still had to take care of. Yeah. Cause I was on my own insurance. I wasn't on their insurance anymore. I had my own job. I had, was living on my own, you know, with my now ex, but so it was really hard. And then as I was losing my hair and going through all of this, I got Bucky for those of you that haven't heard previously, but Bucky is my dog. He, I've had him for, I think this will be six years. And he came from a shelter and he, he was actually a birthday gift from my ex. I didn't know that I was getting a dog. I came home from a shift at uh, where I worked and I got surprised with a dog. So I had never not had a dog until the place that we live in currently. So I was thrilled that we had a, uh, we had a dog. He really did help. He really helped cope with that. And I just don't know what it was. I just don't know if it's like the unconditional love of a pet or what, but it really, really helped. And then a little while later, probably about a year or two later, I left my ex. I found that he was cheating on me. And I decided to leave. So I am still dead convinced that it was because of my hair loss. I was just going to (laughs) ask there. I don't know, but I am completely convinced that's what it is. So it was basically, I took the dog and left. I took the dog, got my clothes and just walked out the door. And I went back to my parents' house and I, I stayed there for a while. And it was really hard because I had spent five years of my life with this person. This person knew exactly what it looked like for me to go through this disease every single day he and knew what the he ugly could looked do like. that to you yes well right that too but you know yeah. I, I was I was leaving the one person that saw me through it all you know like I like I said I know my friends and family were super supportive in there with me every step of the way but he was the one he he was the one that shaved my head because I didn't have the strength to do it that's actually right. funny you said that because that you know out of all the relationships I've had in my life too even though my last relationship we both knew that it was the end. It was the hardest one to leave because he was there every step of the way of me losing my hair. Right. I mean, I was with him for five years. Yeah. That's a long time. That is a long time. Me too. So it, it was really hard. And and like I said, I'm still convinced that that was the reason. I mean, I don't need an explanation personally. I don't care, but (laughs) it's that chapter (laughs) of my life is closed. Yeah. So Then I decided to kind of, you know, really, you hear the, you know, I'm going to work on myself. (laughs) And I did because (laughs) I, I always put others first. I always put everybody else's needs ahead of my own. And I needed to learn 
to put my needs first. And I didn't know how to do that. So I took probably about a year, close to a year at least, and, and really focusing on things that I wanted to do and love to do. So, you know, I figured out that I, I liked going hiking before, but I went hiking a lot with the dog because, you know, it was kind of a nice release and just getting out in nature and, and, you know, nothing crazy, only a couple of hours here and there, but it was enough that I could kind of relax and it helped. And later on in, it was 2018, I finally was ready to put myself back out there. So I downloaded Tinder, Bumble, I think maybe Hinge too, and and thought, you know, let's try this out. And I had never used a dating app prior to. So because I was with my ex when dating apps were becoming big, you know, there was like, uh, like plenty of fish or or, um, match.com and stuff, but I never used them because I was with him. So I didn't need to. Right. So when I downloaded the apps, I was so worried about what was going to happen because I know guys are not okay with girls being bald. Some are, you know, we are all proof that, you know, we have great men that, that don't care, Yeah. but I was petrified of what was going to happen. So when I downloaded them, you know, I would get matches here and there. And I went on a handful of dates, got ghosted a few times, which I'm not surprised. (laughs) What made me more mad though, is I got ghosted before I told them I was bald. And I was like, um, rude. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) like, come on. It's like, if you have a good time, tell me, like, I'm not offended. Right. Don't waste my time. But When I matched with Jesse, uh, Jesse and I matched uh, in December close to Christmas and we felt it was best to wait to go on a date until after the holidays and everything had calmed down. And so we did and we went on our first date. I was so scared to tell him because I knew I was gonna have to tell him eventually about my, my alopecia. And I thought, you know what, let's see how the date goes. And then if I'm even going to call him again, because I don't know. So we went on our date and had a really good time. And, you know, obviously... <laughs> So at this point, he and I had been kind of talking or, you know, I don't know what you want to call that awkward pre-stage talking, if you will, (laughs) for about a month. And he got to know me well enough that he knew who I was as a person and, and, you know, really knew me because that was my whole plan was that I wanted him to understand who I am and that I'm normal. Mm -hmm. I just don't have hair because there would be guys that I matched with that I realized very quickly that if I tell them up front, then they don't waste my time because there would be guys that, you know, I, I went on a date with one of them. And then, you know, after the date, I think maybe a day or two later, he and I were talking and, and I mention it and then silence. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. there. So that's now I know not to waste my time. So but that's also a good thing because it's just like, if he's going to do this right away, not the one for you. Right. Right. Cause right? Like, that's. Exactly. And the handful that I matched with and let them know that this was going on, some of them were cool about it. And they're like, you know what? I, I'm not really okay with that, but I hope you're healthy and you know, wish you the best. And I'm like, sure, fair. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I right. don't, if, if you're not okay with it, that's fine. I'm not offended. Yeah. But I just need to know because I don't mm-hmm. want my time to be wasted. And then, you know, like I said, I stumbled across Jesse and he and I had talked for a little while and then we went on our second date and building up to this date, I was like, okay, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him here's how I am prepared for how he responds. And like with a, you know, counterpoint, like I was ready for every single thing. I, my heart, I have never, my heart has not beaded this hard still ever 
because I was so scared to tell him because I didn't want to lose him. Yeah. So going on a date and, you know, we, we met in the city and we went to a uh, conservatory. So in Pittsburgh, Phipps Conservatory is a big flower garden kind of thing, if you will. And we met there and walked around, had a really nice time and decided to go to dinner after that. So he met me at the parking garage that I, you know, I left sat there. He's like, I'll drive, you know, we'll drive us around and then I'll take you back to your car. It's like, great, thanks. We left the conservatory and got back into his car and uh, we were kissing <laughs> and he pointed out the lace on my lace front and I about <laughs> shit myself <laughs> because I had prepared for every situation except for the one that he pointed out my wig. I was like, yeah. oh no. And it was like panic. Like you could tell that I, I felt panicked. I immediately was sweating. I'm like, what do I do? So I told him, I was like, oh, well, uh, I mean, I, I have alopecia, so I wear a wig. And he kind of goes, oh. And I said, yeah, I, I mean, I have alopecia, so I actually don't have any hair. And he's like, oh, okay. And it was just very kind of like matter of fact about it. It and warms it me- my heart because he didn't react yes. like badly. Right. So it's so right. cute. Right. And didn't really say much after that. And we went to dinner and he asked a couple of questions throughout dinner. Like, you know, how long have you had it? And, and things like that. And I told him I answered his questions and then didn't really say anything. Still had a good date. It was it still pretty, went pretty normal. I think it threw off the, the vibe of the date though, for sure. Because <laughs> yeah. he was not expecting that. But then later that night I got home and I got a call from him and he said, I have to ask, are you okay? I said, what do you mean? And he says, well, I didn't want to, want to upset you earlier in the date, but like, I just want to make sure that you're okay. And I said, that's yeah, even I'm, cuter. Right. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And he said, I just want to make sure that you're healthy and, and that you are okay. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. It's just, I just don't have hair. He's like, okay. It's like, okay. He said, yeah, that's fine. And it was just like, oh, like a weight, a, a 150 pound weight had been lifted off my back because I was Such so a relief. scared. Yeah, it was, it really was a relief. And then, you know, as we continued to date, uh, it, there got to be a point where he knew, like I said, and this was probably February that he knew that I was bald. And then later on throughout our relationship, as it was developing, I started to stay over, but I always stayed with, I, I never sleep in my wig. I always sleep without it. Yeah. It's just uncomfortable too, but I always sleep without it. So I got to a point where I would still sleep with it and put my hood up. So it didn't get disgusting and matted but I was just scared to, to go without my wig in front of him because I didn't want to him to be repulsed or upset or <laughs> anything. <laughs> I think he would, but you don't know. I didn't That's know. our bald brain. It is the bald brain, but I just wanted to make sure that he was okay with it because I wanted him to see it on his terms. If that makes yeah. sense. I wanted, didn't yeah. want to make him uncomfortable. And I wanted him to ask to see me whenever he was ready. Yeah. But when he finally was ready, he texted me and said, do you want to send me a picture of you without your wig? It's like, are, are you want you to sure? see it as a picture versus yeah, in person right, we, first. We, we lived oh. an hour away. So we live, oh, I didn't know. Yes. So we okay. lived an hour away from each other. So we were commuting. I was mostly going to his place because he lived by himself. So we had like the privacy, not like a weird way, but like, you know, we didn't have my sister running around up mm-hmm. running around the house with her friends and my brother home with his friends and my parents yelling at me to take the trash out, which is easier. <laughs> You know, oh, I, I, like I kind of stuff. know what you mean. Yeah. So I would commute up to Butler where we live now every weekend. So I would leave work and drive from where I was working to Butler to you know stay with him for the night. And then sometimes I stayed on Saturdays too. It wasn't always Fridays, but you know, I just stayed over. 
but I always stayed with my wig because I was so scared. So then when he finally asked to see me without my wig, I was freaking out because I'm like, I have very, very little hair, like probably the size of a dime throughout my scalp. Yeah. And I was panicking. He's like, it's fine. I'm sure you look beautiful. Like it's, it's okay. I just, I just want to see it. I'm like, okay. So I sent him a picture and he's like, you still look so pretty. And I'm just like, oh, oh that's <laughs> like, adorable. I know. I don't think it was exactly that, but pretty close. I don't pretty know exactly close. what it was enough, close enough. Yeah. That's and, the feeling you got when he said it to you. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Like I felt accepted and I felt normal because oh. at this point we were only two or three months into dating. Then after I stayed over, I would usually still wear a hood with my, a hoodie with my hood up because I still wanted to like kind of work up to it. Yeah. So I wore, I mean, I wear hoodies with my hood up a lot anyway, just because it's warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it keeps my head warm. So it wasn't uncommon for me anyway, but after a while it just, he became a little more used to it. So when we would go hiking, I would wear a baseball cap and it's still very evident that I don't have hair and yeah, and so on. But it was easier than I thought it was going to be because I was just so scared because <laughs> I yeah. didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know how he would react. I didn't know if there was going to be one day that he'd suddenly decided like, nope, I'm done. Oh, and, wow. you know, and not that he ever would, but from previous relationships, not even just my last one, but I was just so scared. And I'm so scared sometimes that he's going to wake up and, and realize, and of course he has to knock some sense into me, but you know, like <laughs> we talk about in some of those episodes, we have our bad days. Those are my bad days. Usually I'm worried that I'm going to roll over one day and he's like, no, I'm done. And like, the I'm question, the the constant question, uh, are you okay with me being bald still? <laughs> I ask yeah. him, I think I ask him like once every two weeks. Yeah. And he's like, will you stop please? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> but I just get so scared because I don't, I don't know. So it was, it was really hard. And I think it's tough because he doesn't fully understand because I mean, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have, you know, he's a hairy man. So he's a hairy man. I think he's the only reason our children will have a prayer at having hair. So <laughs> He's the only hope. Yes, he is the only hope. <laughs> I almost made a Star Wars joke, but I know neither of you get it. So I'm going to skip it. Um... <laughs> I love it. So true Star Wars fans exactly know exactly what I was going to say. And now even still, we, we moved in together probably close to a year ago. So we're both living in Butler. And very shortly after we decided to move in together is when COVID hit. So our first time, I, I've been to this house a couple of days at a time, but never, you know, obviously living with him. So we went from seeing each other once a week for a day or two to being home with each other 24-7. Yeah. Yep. I, I love hanging out with him. He loves hanging out with me. But we both fully understand we need our own time. So like yes. I have my space in the office. He has his space elsewhere because, you know, we haven't a large enough place that we can get away from each other if we need, mm-hmm. which it sounds terrible, but everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be your significant other. It could be parent, sibling, doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> so then as COVID hit, uh, I'm sure all of you know by now what TikTok is. If you don't go Google it. Um, so I, <laughs> I truthfully never would have downloaded TikTok if it wasn't for COVID. Maybe eventually, but I never would have downloaded it when I did because yeah, I hear all these things and see all these things. I'm like, okay, whatever, we'll try it. And I think like any old 
person close to 30 or, or, or above 30. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of millennials downloaded it just because we were like, all right, we're bored. What's we're the next bored. thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And that's exactly what it is. And I, it's funny because at first you see a lot of those videos that are like, what it's like to be a millennial on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, it's me. It's me. <laughs> or, or there was like cringy videos too. So I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'll, I'll be cool with this. Yes. And then it was like a pit I fell into. Yes. It's, and I yes. started sending everyone TikToks and everyone's yep. like, Paige, what are you doing? I'm like, yep. I don't know. Help me. <laughs> it's funny because I, I know I've said this before, but I'm a huge nerd. So I'm into Marvel. I'm into Star Wars. I play Dungeons and Dragons. Like I'm the two a T nerd. So I am consistently stuck on Star Wars TikTok, Marvel TikTok, Dungeons and Dragons TikTok, and cooking TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> But I I stumbled across, I I know we've mentioned him before, but our friend Nico, who is ex the Roman empire on TikTok and he was doing a live and I don't know, I think I stumbled upon his live. I might've seen his videos before. I'm not sure, but I knew instantly that he had alopecia. I was like, he looks like me. Like I'm going to go on his live and see if he would even respond. Absolutely. And I said, Hey, I have alopecia too. And there was maybe two or 3000 people on his live. And for those of you that don't know, he's got about 4 million followers now. So he's big deal now. And it was big deal then too, but a bigger deal now. But I never thought he would see my comment because I've been on other lives and like get completely ignored and whatever. And he said, oh, Amanda, I see you. I'm going to send you a DM. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like this famous person wants to talk to me? So (laughs) because I'm bald. literally because I'm both. So I message him and, you know, we kind of chat back and forth. He said, you know, we have this community and it's a discord group. Do you have discord? I said, yeah. And I said, I I use discord for when I play Dungeons and Dragons usually. And for whenever we play socially distanced and he said, let me add you. He's also under the invite, like, and we'll add you. I was like, yeah, this is great. And I get on and I expected 15, 20 people. It was probably close to 200 people that all have alopecia that get me. We all went through the same thing. We all understand exactly what we're going through. And I'm like, oh my God, I found my people. And it was like that last, that final weight was lifted off my shoulders that I didn't even know I was carrying. Absolutely. Until I discovered the, the group. And, you know, after a little while I had kind of made my presence known, I I was commenting a lot and posting a lot and whatever it might be. And then Nico asked if I wanted to be a coach. He told me that what he was doing and and he wanted to turn the group into a campaign and call the naked confidence campaign and what he wanted to do with it. And I, at that point I had only been in group for like a month. I was like, yes, because I want to do more. And that was like a no brainer for me. So that was my missing piece was this group because we compare notes. We talk about like, Oh, did did everybody have, like, I know we've talked about on the podcast before, like how Paige and I have leg hair, but Kristen doesn't, but like I have armpit hair and other people don't. And (laughs) it's, it's interesting to compare notes and see how it started and what's going on. And, you know, when our hair cycles out more, like for instance, my eyelashes usually cycle out in the winter, but because I continue to use a lash serum, they don't. So it's interesting to kind of talk about all that, like, Oh, you should try this. Or, you know, I've accepted it because whatever. Mm -hmm. So finding the group, like I said, that was that final piece and that final weight lifted off my shoulders. So, right. Because people get me. That's what I, I didn't realize I was missing the entire time was my people. So I, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of here. I used to worry about having to wear a wig at my wedding and now I just don't care. (laughs) Isn't it crazy that a pandemic too, I don't know if this happened to you, but for me, 
this pandemic, you know, there was a lot of shitty parts of it. You know, I know yeah. a lot of people that lost people because of COVID. I, you know, I was really severely depressed, you know, being home, not being able to see my family, all that stuff. And right. I just thought it was terrible and it was terrible, still is. But when I found this group, it was almost like I didn't feel alone at home anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Even though we're still technically at home, a home right. alone, you don't feel alone. Right. No. And for me too, to kind of piggyback off of that, it's nice to have friends that get you. Cause I have other friends that don't have alopecia, but they wouldn't understand some of my bad days or my oh, depression yeah. that comes with alopecia. They, they're just not the right people to talk to. Even my boyfriend, right. he's not right. the right person to talk to about that because people with hair or we call them normies <laughs> normies yeah people with hair don't know what to say in those situations right. they because they don't get it they don't get they it. don't get us baldies no. <laughs> so when you talk to people that know about it it's freeing it's it's welcoming and then you don't feel alone so I feel yeah. like it's I don't know I feel like mm. it's super important to have that it is and, and I think that finding that community whatever your community is like my friends and I've said it before my friends and family have been so supportive throughout yep. the way but it's just I was missing something and didn't yeah. realize that I was missing it it's until a different type of group. support yes it is yeah it's because the people that get it yep yep and I think yeah I think that's super important to just have that in your life no matter what it is it doesn't even have to be alopecia I know we're a podcast we talk about alopecia all the time right but we want to make sure that find your people what whoever they are mm-hmm. cancer yeah. depression there's so many different groups and avenues to go you need um, your crowd you need your crowd absolutely but thank you guys so much for joining us today if you liked what you heard please like and subscribe we'll be releasing episodes pretty frequently so we'll have a lot more content for you as you know it's every thursday if you want to get a hold of us please send us an email at thosebaldchicks at gmail.com or you can follow us on instagram at thosebaldchicks If you have alopecia and you need support, please reach out to us and we would love to have you join our family. If you are interested in joining the Naked Confidence campaign, please email Amanda at amandap.ncc at gmail.com or me, Paige, at paiger.ncc at gmail.com. We are here to love and support you through it all. Until next time, folks, bald peck out.